0: Alright, so I guess it's uh, close enough
1: Yeah, it's close enough, let's do it It's one o'clock
0: Alright, it's, 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 it's one o'clock, roll the intro You're
1: listening to the um, um, mind show The place to the have
0: place the most mind-stretching mind. Unprotected, Unprotected. Intellectual. 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 intellectual intercourse Of your life, of your, life. your host battle the forces of evil By loving rules the truth Reason and evidence of the safe rumors Of the safe rumors All right, and welcome back to the Unframe of Mind show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom, and I have a strong feeling that today is going to be no different. What is up with the logo, dude? We are your place for highbrow ideas and lowbrow packaging. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner.
1: And Teddy Bear Treywick. Teddy Bear Treywick. I promise we're going to turn that into a t-shirt for all you guys that have been calling me this Oh,
0: so now we got Teddy Bear and Bearded Bro.
1: Bearded Bro. (laughs) Bearded Bro. We have heard so many nicknames since the Hogatha show. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with a good one. We're going (laughs) to come up with some
0: that are like solid ones that are just specific to the brand. Like, I think they got to be... Anyway, so I want to go ahead and introduce today's guest to the show. We've got uh, Ashley Brown joining us for today's topic. Hi. Good hey, morning. Ashley, good
2: how are morning. you guys?
0: Good. How are you? We're good. Doing, we're doing fabulous. Um, just if if uh, we've been we were trying to adjust our audio levels a little bit. So if anybody finds that some of us are quieter than others, just let us know in the comments, and we'll make the appropriate adjustments for that. Now, what were you asking? What's up with our logo?
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was just a little off.
0: That? Yeah. What do you mean? It looks great to no, me. No,
1: that's not the same. This one? No, the one that's in the background, on the green screen. Oh that does not look right.
0: It looks fine to me. I don't know okay I don't understand. I mm. think I think maybe you got some like crossed eyes or something. It's early for me as well. Get, maybe you're just not awake all the way, so no, things don't look quite right. <laughs>
1: all right.
0: All right, let's let's go ahead and get started. Yep. Ash, Ashley, if you would uh, if you would do me a favor, um, you you reached out to us during one of our other shows and and uh, expressed interest in coming on the show to talk about some pretty serious stuff. But uh, before we really dive into all that, I want you to tell folks a little bit about you, who you are, what do you do, why should people listen to you? I guess is the question. <laughs>
2: Um, well, I'm 34. I don't have any kids. I've never been married. I live in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. I work for the city that I live in. Um, I've been in law enforcement since 2004. I was a dispatcher for 911 uh, for 12 years. Um, I have dealt with mental health issues for probably the last five years. And I have been to hell and back with my um, addiction and my depression And I I mean, I can't make anybody listen to me, but I, I would think that somebody would want to hear my story so they can know my truth and know that if I reach out to at least one person who opens up and talks about their story and it helps them, then I've done my job. So I might not appeal to everybody, but um, it is okay to be feeling the way that you're feeling. And that's what I feel like my mission is, is to, um, open my mouth and tell people that it's okay to be depressed and okay to have anxiety right. and where to get help and how to get help and how to work through it.
0: So don't worry about having feeling like you have to force people to watch. Um, that's what our marketing team does. We go out and actually grab people by the scruff of the neck and set them down in front of a monitor and force them. So you, right. you don't, you, you don't have to worry about that. That's, that's our job. Okay.
2: <laughs> All right. All right.
0: So I, I guess I guess let's uh, let's jump into this because um, you feel like this is a pretty important thing. You feel like your story mm-hmm. can help people, and anytime we can assist in that process, like I, I feel honored that you felt like our show was the one to come on. Especially after the Hogatha, you know, debacle that was that was interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know how anybody can take a seriously.
2: That's how I found you guys is through <laughs> Hogatha.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad you I stuck around. I started watching
2: you guys when I found Hogatha.
0: That's awesome. I'm. I'm will really... have you at least enjoyed the show since then. <laughs>
2: Oh. Yes, I have. Oh, good. Well, I enjoyed the show then because I know who Hagatha is, you know. Right. That's just how she is.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you stuck around. So yeah. let's let's go ahead and jump into it and maybe um just to give give us a little bit of history. Like what what is it that uh I guess let's start with what made you feel like um you needed to speak out. What was it the change that made you feel like you needed to tell other people?
2: Well, um <clears throat> when I was going through my stuff, um I didn't know that there was other people out there that were going through the same thing because nobody talked about it. Nobody said anything. Nobody was like, my friends didn't come to me and be like, man, I feel so depressed today and I don't know why, or I'm super anxious about something and, and I just, it won't get off my mind. My brain doesn't stop turning. Nobody ever said anything back a couple years ago when all of this was going on. And I didn't even know what I had. I didn't know that I was depressed. I didn't know that I had anxiety because I had never talked about it. I had never, um, I never had anybody come up to me and be like, maybe you should go see like a psychologist or a psychiatrist or your doctor. So I got to the point where I was just at a breaking point with my anxiety. My brain wouldn't turn off. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't able to work right. And when you're a 911 dispatcher, you have to be on your toes all the time because you never know what's coming in. I was a police dispatcher as well. So I answered 911, not emergency. I dispatched the officers on their calls. I did all the radio traffic. I worked in the jail. I did all of that stuff. So you have to be on your game to be in that job. And my brain was just shutting down. It wasn't, I wasn't able to think or make full sentences or, you know, complete my thoughts. So I went to the doctor and the doctor um, <clears throat> that I chose happened to be somebody who markets pills a lot. Um, and I recall him saying that we will try to, we'll try whatever we can until we find what works for you. So that day, I left with five prescriptions: um, oh it was God. Xanax, Lexapro, um, Fenermin for weight loss, Seroquel, and um, there's another one I can't remember. But I left with five, so, and I started taking them like he told me to take them. Yeah, and I uh, had I never need... taken drugs like that before. Sorry, I need to hop in. I had it. never taken medicine.
0: I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. Um, that That's, that's first of all, I'm, I'm already noticing that seems to be the common solution for doctors nowadays is they just throw a cocktail of prescription medication at people and hope for the best. We're just going to keep experimenting on your body and, 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 until we figure this out, until we find some kind of conclusion cocktail that makes you operate the way you feel like we should you should operate like that's
1: that almost uh, seems to be the common theme now today with a lot of doctors and all these medications that are out there and then of course now we've got the whole opiate crisis you know um, but I really kind of want to ask you, and let, let's, take this back a little bit. Let's kind of go back to your childhood. Now, are both of your parents still together? Are they married? Are they divorced, um, living? Uh, um, what's the situation? They're still home?
2: together, but okay. my mom has multiple sclerosis. Okay. She's had it since I was a little girl, like three or four. And, um, you know, she walks with a walker. She just got out of a nursing home. She was in there since the beginning of the year because she had an attack um she has the mentality of a fourth grader so she's very Mm. childlike and i take care of her during the day before i go to work while my dad's at work
1: okay so how was so
2: they're still together but
1: okay so moving on from that how was how was your childhood in a sense of was it a was it a good one did you struggle with a lot of things you know, kind of wanting to get into, to maybe school life was, was school. Did you get picked on, bullied? Um, did you, I did. you did. Okay. So
2: I was overweight. And so in high school I had like no friends because I was overweight. They would make fun mm. of me. They weren't, I mean, they were like surface friends, but not like best friends. And my, oh,
0: I think we lost you for just a moment. Hmm. Um, we may have,
2: to I have had um, Oops,
0: sorry, Ashley, we lost you for just a moment there. Can you repeat that a little bit about you being bullied in school?
2: Um, I was overweight and, and especially in high school, not so much in middle school. I mean, they were kind of mean to me in middle school, but high school, it got worse okay. and I was super overweight. So I had like surface friends, like people who'd be my friends when other people weren't around, mm-hmm. but, um, I didn't have like super close friends. We didn't really get close until after high school and all the clicks and everything were gone.
0: So how do sure, that, that's terrible. You know, you right. have, <laughs> to have friends that are only like when, when <laughs> nobody else is watching, I'll be your friend like, right. I'll, I'll be your friend in the DMS basically. <laughs> so, right. but uh, like that, that, that sends up a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a, the fact that you were overweight and the fact that you didn't know how to form meaningful relationships um, because most of us will model our, the way we, uh, approach society on the way we saw coming up, you know, the way our parents handled these things, um, it, it acts as our template for, um, forming our own relationships. So I, I almost wonder what was going on that your parents were a allowing you to ge- become overweight, um, not handling your, what the heck is going on? Sorry, my core just fell. Okay, I thought my cat was in here messing with shit. She likes to hide, <laughs> sneak in here when the door is open. Sorry. So I just like again, a couple red flags have already popped up for me. And, um, and of course, this is your experience. So if Somebody, any of that, if any of that, you
2: guys are like breaking up.
1: Yeah, I noticed that how she is as well.
0: Okay, so do me a favor. Let's reconnect this call. Go ahead and um, close out of um, the Zoom call and rejoin with the link one more time, and I'll and I'll add you back in. Okay. In just a moment. Um, sometimes it helps just to reconnect.
1: It could have been the fact that she's been on for so long, too.
0: Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? This but. is
1: interesting. I mean, you know, we we tend to find a lot of the, the same guests have the same underlying issues, at least from what I've, what I've heard over the last couple of years I've been doing this. Right. They've either been picked on, bullied, or didn't have the friends that they did back, you know, in high school, and they just kind of became loners. You know, and, you know, talking to guests like this is kind of giving us an idea of what's been going on. So. All right. All right so we got her back. Let's see what we can.
0: Yeah. Do. you're, and, and the fact that, you know, over time, we tend to recognize patterns that show up time and time again. OK, your phone thinks it's <laughs> turned the wrong way. So you may just have to rotate your camera for us. Mm, there you go. Good enough. Let's work. Oh, 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 oh there it went. There okay, it good, OK, good. OK, we're good. And if you will tip it up a hair, we should be good to go. Oh, the, the, the struggles of going live. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Thank Sorry you guys for being
1: that. so patient with us. But yeah,
0: yeah as as, uh, as we were saying um, when you were checking back in is, you know, the, we we do tend to see the same types of patterns or clusters of behavior show up in, in our guests as we talk about these issues over and over and over again. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that's, you know, it's almost like we're all on the same path, but nobody's talking to each other to to point it out to one another right it's like Mm -hmm. we're all we're all maintaining a safe social distance so to speak on on the path to to, toward depression and toward struggling with these things um so and and as we get older you know as as we get more mature and more experienced in the world we start to notice even in our friends and people our family as we grow up and we see the paths that their lives took Mm -hmm. it's like oh you're doing that thing that this person's doing and and that person's doing Mm -hmm. the thing that this person's doing and and nobody's communicating <laughs> like that's the interesting right. thing. Why is nobody communicating? But um, I'll let you get back into your story there. It seems like we have a better connection now.
2: Um, I don't remember where I left off. I think you were asking me what led me to be overweight.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just pointing out a couple red flags. Oh, oh yeah. And what, what I want to say is anything that we say in this, if it doesn't click, if it doesn't make sense to you, you know, obviously correct us. So because yeah. um, we're just trying to kind of put the feelers out there and, and, and maybe touch on some things that maybe you hadn't considered or maybe even were aware of. Right. Um, that's happened to us um, multiple times. So huh. but if it completely doesn't make any sense or doesn't fit your your truth, so to speak, just to let us know and we'll try to figure out where we went wrong and we'll just move forward from there.
2: Well, I don't, I don't really remember a lot of my childhood because it was um, something that I just kind of block out. Um, Mm. But my parents, I remember them, they would have like a lot of parties and stuff and, or they would be working and they would literally like sit me in front of the TV with a bag of chips and some Coke. And that would be my babysitter for a few hours. Mm. So um, I think that, and then the indulgence of being an only child, I get whatever I want You know, um, I think not having to, they didn't make me go do sports. They didn't make me do anything I didn't want to do. So a stagnant lifestyle turns into that.
0: I've actually, one of my daughter's friends uh, seems to be on the same path right now. So I, I may... Uh, all things considered may forward this link to her as well. Um, she's an only child and s- pretty severely overweight for her age. She's only like 12 or 13.
1: Yeah. We've had this conversation about yeah, it before. Um,
0: and, and my daughter's still friends with her and, but what I, what I do notice is this, this girl as an only child kind of gets whatever she wants and always has things bought for her all the time, but really seems disconnected. Um, we had her, we, uh, every time we have get togethers I love to have the whole family at the table uh, everybody in the household sits at, at our table we have a spot no matter what it, whether we're sitting on buckets I don't care you know everybody gets a spot at the table nobody is left out and she did not want to come to the table because she was very socially awkward didn't know how to handle herself and I, I, and I kind of feel for her because that's a that's a pretty important skill to be taught uh, do, you, do you feel like some of that is true was true for you too um,
2: it's still true for me. Um, I mean, I do okay in big groups, but I would rather be in small groups of people that I already know. Um, that's why I go live a lot because it's just me talking to a screen. I'm not with like a group of people. Um, if I'm hanging out with anybody, it's typically the same three or four people that I always hang out with. I don't really branch out. The only time that I get like very social is when I'm drinking and at a bar or something. And then, of course, my inhibitions are down, so,
1: so I'm a social uh, butterfly when I'm drinking. So going through school, how did that make you feel? Like, what were you feeling during that time, if you can remember? Like, did you feel isolated? Did you feel like you just nobody liked you? Or do you feel like maybe that kind of been the, I guess, the, the launching point of your depression? Do you feel like that maybe had some contribute, uh, it kind of contributed to that to some level? Yeah,
2: <clears throat> to some level, yeah. I felt very alone, and, um, you know, it's very hard my high school was different than it is today like we didn't i mean i don't i think we had myspace close to like, to like the end of it but we didn't yeah. really have facebook and
0: um yep uh, we're we're i'm about the same age as you i know exactly what you're talking about
2: yeah so <laughs> the the online bullying wasn't really a problem but i would i would get bullied like walking down the hall and initially this was before anybody talked about bullying and nobody it wasn't a thing um, to people to get bullied at school or whatever. That was just the way things were. That's just how people acted and how clicks went. And, um, it was hard, not, um, you know, being invited to prom, to prom and, you know, to dances and school gatherings and stuff like that. I would see all the, the people that I would hang out with going out and having fun, but nobody would have invited me. So it was, it was very isolating and, um, I was alone a lot. Hmm. I didn't really have very much of a social life through high school. High school was horrible for me all four years.
1: So once you've exited mm-hmm. out of high school and you kind of moved on into your twenties, did you end up going to college? What, what was the story? And maybe in your early twenties at that point,
2: um, I went to college. So uh, my grandmother um, in 2004, when I graduated high school, she was like, she lived in grapevine. Mm-hmm. She was like, move in with me and you can go to school over here. We have a, we have a community college called tarrant county community college and they've got little subs you know like little um i guess divisions in different parts of the metroplex and um she lived next to one of their divisions and she said you can go to college over here and you can live with me and be a teenager i don't care what you do just be safe or whatever. And she basically wanted to get me away from taking care of my mom and let my dad take care of my mom because I took on almost all the responsibilities. So when I moved in with her, I moved in in May of 2004. In July, I took her to the hospital because she was having a pain in her side. And that week we found out she had lung cancer. Mm. And um, I ended up taking care of her Um, by Thanksgiving, she was readmitted to the hospital and it had spread to her bones. And by December 7th, she was gone. And, um, December 17th was my 19th birthday. And before then I had never had sex. I had never drank. I had never smoked. I had never done anything. And when my grandma died, I just completely lost control of everything. I did everything. I partied. I had sex. I drank. I smoked. I, I did everything.
1: So basically, um, that was almost kind of like your "fuck it" moment. I'm just
2: yeah, that was I'm done my with catalyst. everything. That was...
1: that was your catalyst. Yeah, that would probably set up to what now? Um, what we were discussing as far as the depression, the pills, and so forth, and the, the uh, mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts, and then of course you actually attempted. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get into that here in a second. So when she did pass, and you're looking at your life, um, did this? Did, did this really play a factor in college? Did you finish college at all? or, or I did. You did? Okay, good.
2: I finished. I have two degrees. Yes.
1: Okay, good. But outside of that, you just felt like you needed to let go and and just mm-hmm. kind of let your ambitions kind of fly out the window is kind of what I'm gathering here.
2: I was um, very into church before my grandma died. Mm-hmm. I would go like every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday night. Um, I taught the youth group. I led in worship. I did all of this stuff. And, uh, I remember sitting outside my grandma's hospital room and praying like I had never prayed before. And, um, and my mind, my mindset at that time, when I was in the religious realm of things, I was like, if God really loves me, if there really is a God then he'll keep her, he'll save her or whatever. And mm-hmm. then when she died, I felt abandoned by that Religious belief system that I had at the time, and um, that's kind of why I just wild out is because I'm like, there's no God, nobody's listening, fuck it, you know.
1: So you kind of lost, basically lost faith in everything at that point. mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Good Lord, yeah, I can, I can Mm -hmm. understand that. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a Christian myself, but it didn't uh, happen as a result of that. Um, I know a lot of people who lost religion. As a result of something similar, some traumatic event or something, Mm -hmm. something very similar to what you're saying. And they end up finding God later on in life once they, once they learn more. So uh, have you taken that journey back to faith or is that, are you still kind of out there right now?
2: Um, I know that there's a higher being out there, but I don't agree with um, the portrait that organized religion portrays. Um, I mean, I pray, I talk to my God Um, you know, that kind of stuff. But if I go, I don't go to church, um, I guess I identify as a Christian, Mm -hmm. but I, like, I don't read the Bible. I don't, I mean, I don't do nearly anything that I used to do. I mean, I have a relationship with the God that I see in my, in my head, in my heart. Sure. Um,
0: and has that, I don't go to church. And has that relationship helped you, uh, in your road to recovery at all? Or is that, yeah. yeah? How so, how so?
2: so? Sometimes not. Not always, but, you know, it's nice to, to think that I'm talking and there's somebody out there hearing me yeah. other than just my dogs.
1: So when would you say that the, the first – when did you notice, like, you were having depression issues? When, when did that kind of come into the picture for you, and, and when did you realize that you actually had a legit problem with that?
2: Um, it's probably been about four or five years that I started just – reaching out just by Google searches. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like this? What, you know, why does my heart race when I'm not doing anything? You know, why can't I sleep at night? And it all led to like depression and anxiety and, and needing to talk to a counselor and things like that. So that's when I found my doctor that I went to and he gave me all of those pills. So I didn't really know that I had depression and anxiety until I started Googling it and, and reaching out for feelers to see if anybody else was feeling like this and then when i went to my doctor he acted like it was perfectly normal
0: so <laughs> i'm still super pissed off about that that that, yeah, that was that's the, not normal. you know cuz cuz you're 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 in a you're in a very vulnerable position right now you know you come into the doctor you know something's wrong yeah. you're seeking help it's not like you have a, a huge support structure around you of other people who have uh, have have gone through these things and can kind of help guide you in in any kind of way so you're going in there completely blind mm-hmm. And the doctor, I mean, they're overwhelmed as it is. They don't have time. They, they don't. They don't get paid to actually solve the problems anymore. They get paid to just get as many people through the system as possible. So they're, you know, I can imagine your meeting with the doctor was incredibly short. Is that incredibly short? You know, how how long did he? Would you say the doctor spent with you actually trying to understand what was going on with you before?
2: Uh, maybe like ten minutes.
0: Ten minutes. Look out. Wow. Look out, man, we've we've spent, you know, what, 23 minutes roughly talking to you already. And I feel like we're barely even scratching the surface here. Yeah. You know, we barely know anything, you know, and you've already told us probably everything you've told the doctor, if not more. And he's able to or he, she, I don't know, um, is able to make a determination based on that and then use that to give you multiple pills like, again, I'm sorry. I don't mean to go on a rant there, but I'm super pissed off about that. That that was unfair to you completely because that acted as yet another catalyst to send you farther down the rabbit hole into your, into your, into your issues. So, so maybe you can fill us in about what, what, what did the story look like after that? Like, what was the next steps for you?
2: Well, um, most of that time is pretty blurry for me because I started taking the pills and, um, They were the first time that I'd ever taken anything like that before. I've never taken anything more than like pain medicine after one of my surgeries or, um, you know, like ibuprofen, aspirin, whatever. I had never taken uppers and downers like um, the Xanax and the Fetamine and all of that. I never had any of that in my system. So I started taking it and I liked the way that each pill made me feel. So I would like double it. Or, oh, I was on Ambien too. That's what it was.
0: Oh my gosh. So it that, was that Xanax,
2: Ambien, Lexapro, Fetermine, and um, Seroquel. And I um, I liked the way they made me feel. So I kept taking more. And um, at this time I had quit the police department and I was working as a private investigator um, in a city about an hour away from me. So driving home from work, I would take the pills and get screwed up. Um, you know, thank God when I would take the pills, I would have enough time to get home before I actually started feeling the side, the full side effects. Um, but I made really bad decisions because I, I was chasing that high. I wanted that high. And right. it got to where like I was prescribed one pill, you know, like one ambient to help me go to bed and I'd be taking three or four to help me go to bed. And, you know, um it just spiraled out of control because the 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 more that I could check out, that's what I chased.
0: Wow. Was that um,
2: feeling of checking out.
0: I'm gonna go to the comments here for a second. Uh Becky from Facebook, she says the doctors do it all the time. I have students with a cocktail of meds throw pills at it. That's the solution. And
1: yeah, so common these days. It
0: seems. It seems like, especially the more the government gets involved in the in the medical industry, it's like the and and the pharmaceutical companies um, and their and their stranglehold on power. It's like the the medical system. Their solution is throw a bunch of pills at it. The yeah. government solution is throw a bunch of money at it. You know, let's not actually talk to people and get to know people and figure out what's the problem here. Let's get down to the core root of the problem. so that that's so true. That's so true.
1: So let me ask you real quick. Um, have have you sought counseling at any point during the years that you have struggled with this? We'll go back to the pills. I just kind of want to know if, if you've had any kind of um, therapy or anything that's kind of helped you with, with your depression or suicidal thoughts.
2: The only counseling that I've ever really done is um, last year I signed up for I forgot. I forget which app it was, but it's huh. one of the apps where you go in and you answer all these questions and they set you up with a counselor.
0: Oh, like, like that. It, is it that BetterHelp thing that was going around being advertised? It's kind
2: of like it's kind of like that, but it's a different one. I so, forgot what it was
0: called. Sorry. Before before but, you before you go on there, um, I've, I've I've had two of my family members use that BetterHelp app and they just charge you a buttload of money. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like it really does that much actual good in helping. Um, Nothing was actually solved. I just, it just cost me a shit ton of money.
2: Yeah. That's basically what I discovered. Like she talked to me and I could talk to her whenever I wanted to. We could do voice calls. We could do, you know, FaceTime, stuff like that. But of course, like the FaceTime cost extra. The voice calls cost extra. She would leave me voice clips and she would answer me. But I told her, I'm like, I'm somebody who's hands on. I need like um, activities, like journal activities, like journal about this today, journal about today, whatever. I need something to stimulate me talking to you other than staring at a blank screen waiting for, you know what I mean? And she would never like engage. She would never, um, uh, she would never ask questions. She would never give me journal stuff. She would just answer the questions or, or reply to what I said, but she never engaged with me. And she even told me one time that I could change my, um, counselor if I wanted to. And I think it was $79. I think it came out to $79 a week Hmm. and, um, it just, there was no benefit to it. She, she didn't really do anything. I mean, she was a nice lady and all of that, but as far as like solving issues and helping with my problems that that wasn't there.
1: So I kind of want to dive into a little bit more of your background here and kind of discuss, um, your relationships with men are, I mean, did you, did you have any long-term relationships? Have you been married? Um, Do you have any kids? What's your, what's your status with that right now?
2: Um, I've never been married and I don't have any kids. Okay. I've been in a, I've been in a few serious relationships, uh, but not many.
1: So do you think that maybe the depression has maybe has caused some, uh, some relationship issues or kind of give us a background of that.
2: I mean, um, I can see where it could because I do get anxious and I do need um, reassurance and a lot of people don't have time for that. They don't have time to sit down and really understand who you are. The dating world is horrible. It is a just a cesspool of sharks and people who are just looking out for themselves. It's a me world and um, it's very rare that you find somebody who, when you tell, you know, I have anxiety and depression you know, they accept it and they really like take it in. Most guys are just like, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. I got depression too. I got anxiety too, whatever. But then when you have an issue and you have something occur and it triggers your depression or it triggers your anxiety, they're like, where did this come from? I don't understand why you're acting crazy, blah, blah, blah. And it's not even like really acting crazy. It's just trying to talk about something or trying to work something out. I ask questions, I ask questions all the time. That's just who I am. I did it for 12 years. That's what I was trained to do was ask questions. And, you know, they think that I'm prying or they think that I'm asking too many questions or they think that I'm not sure of myself when it's just I need to hear you say certain things in order for me to calm down. Kind of. So in a way, yeah, I'm sure it's messed up a lot of my relationships. But well, the, there's
1: No, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry
2: there's not anything that I can do about it. Like it's not something that I can just choose to flip off and flip on when I want it. it It's there.
1: Yeah. I kind of, I kind of noticed a, a pattern or a trend with friends of mine um, that have struggled with depression or pills or suicide that they tend to stay single because they don't want to inflict that sort of behavior or, I guess you would call it pain into their lives. They're, they don't want to bring that to the table because they feel like they're going to be a burden. They're going to be um, somebody that's just not capable of, of sustaining a healthy relationship. Um, do you sometimes feel that way? Are you single now or what's going yeah, on there? Yeah, I'm single now. Do you feel that way or no?
2: Um, sometimes. I mean, I feel like if they would just give me a chance and let me talk and let and have them actually understand mm-hmm. I think that things would go better, but a lot of the guys that I talk to really just don't, I mean, some of them sit down and listen and some of them understand, um, but there's some that just, okay, you, you know, and they're not really taking in what you talk about. So Mm -hmm. with those people, I do feel like I'm a burden because I don't understand what I'm going through and they're not even trying to understand. So why continue, you know? I mean,
0: makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just want, I wonder like when, when you have these, what, what do they call it? Outbursts or whatever, where they feel like you're prying too much. What, what does something like that actually look like? I'm just curious.
2: For me? Yeah. Like
0: yeah. what, like what, how like, does how does, it, how does it, how does it manifest? I guess is the question.
2: Um, I, I'm just really sad. Just very, I, I get in my head and like, I can't stop the the whirlwind of thoughts like it it just I I get stuck in my head I get stuck in my thoughts I get really sad I cry um I have like angry outbursts for no reason sometimes I mean but a lot of I've as I've gotten older I catch myself before I used to just bite like if I got mad I would just say whatever was in my mind and on my mouth and I didn't care how anybody felt and um now I can catch myself. I feel myself getting angry and I want to text this person back or I want to email this person back. And I kind of swallow it down and then start over Gosh. and not so angry of a tone because you you can't fight fire with fire. There's no point in being angry all the time. That
0: makes a lot and of sense. I used
2: to be angry all the
0: time. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense what you just said. Like I didn't care what anybody else Thought or felt I just said what was on My mind Mm -hmm. and it's like it makes perfect Sense based on the story Your past history That nobody else cared about what you thought Why the hell should you take Time to give a shit what anybody else thinks Like that that would be perfectly Reasonable logic like I Would I would completely understand if You know given the past history that that's The way you decided to interact with The world and I I, I feel But it
2: it just made me a very angry Person right and it it doesn't
1: work well. Just out of curiosity, um, and on this show we do talk about uncomfortable things, and what I'm about to ask you is a little uncomfortable. But would you consider a lot of your tendencies to to similar to be similar to somebody who has it was clinically bipolar? Um, have mm-hmm. you ever been diagnosed as that, or no?
2: No, I've never been diagnosed as that. Um, my mood swings aren't like every other day. Right. You know, okay. they are maybe, maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am bipolar, it's pro- it's probably like a mild, mild case of it, uh, right. version of it. I'm not, if I miss my medicine for some reason, where are you going to put your glasses? <laughs>
1: I was wondering the same thing. Like, dude, don't drop that. Yeah,
0: I just realized I need a table over here. I keep hitting my mic as, it as, you know, I need a table if, in between. I'm glad you saw that. If I miss that.
2: my medicine for one reason or another, then I feel it more because I missed it. And I don't know if that's a psychological thing or not. Yeah. Um, Because technically, most of the pills that I'm taking are like time release mm-hmm. or they only last, they only have a, what do they call it, half-lives of like eight hours or whatever. Right. So, technically i'm going longer without my pills but if i miss a day in my head i'm like oh my god i didn't take my pills you know so what what is
0: what does life look like for you if you didn't take the pills (laughs) if you just what would that it's
2: just me in my mind that i overthink you know i didn't take the pills so this is why i'm feeling anxiety this is why i'm getting so pissed off this is why you know the guy that's walking in front of my car at walmart's pissing me off like i it it's I try to describe it off as like a bad mood, um, when I don't take my pills, but I think it's all psychological. Who, because who's, who's I don't voice? think I would have that much of an effect just for one day miss.
0: Who whose voice is in your head when you are having those thoughts? It's me. Hmm.
2: It's me. Um it's just, you know, my inner voice. I um we go around and round. It's hard to explain. Um it's like it's not like a battle between like my brain and me it's Mm -hmm. just we start on or i start on a topic and it just branches out from there and i will keep thinking about it until there's nothing left to think about and i'll start worrying about it until there's nothing else to worry about and it could be something as small as you know did i lock my door when i left my apartment And I know I did because I always lock my door and then I check the knob to make sure it's locked every time it doesn't fail, but I'll get in my car and I'll be out the gate and on the street. And I'm like, I got to go home. I don't think I locked my door and I'll turn around and come back and go back upstairs, check my door. It's locked, of course. And then I'll leave again. And if I don't go and check, then it just starts growing like wildfire in my brain. You know, somebody could walk in, the dogs get out. You know the apartment people can come and take my dogs because the door was unlocked you know all of these scenarios from the smallest point of what could happen to like the catastrophic there could be a fire you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it it will eat at me until i get on a new topic Mm -hmm. and then it goes away or if i go back and check and see if the door is locked or not locked i know it's locked because i do the same thing every time i leave my house
1: mm -hmm. Turn
2: around, lock the door, try the doorknob twice and leave. You know it's locked, Yeah. but uh, I, sometimes the feeling is so strong. I have to go back and make sure that it's locked. It's
0: well, like I want to grab a couple comments here uh, where I just lost it. Just moved up. Okay. So uh, Erica Lynn from Facebook says uh, she'd love to talk to you privately so you have somebody she can reach out to me well you Absolutely. know
1: and that's the other thing too is with our facebook group page that we have uh, unframed minds you know we do encourage people to speak out on that private page if you guys want to join the the page you're more than welcome to you just you just had, you know,
0: just go in there and like yep. it or. And we, you know, we don't allow whatever. bullying, personal no, attacks. That. That's that. the kind of behavior gets get you kicked. We, we have a good time in there. But, you know, bullying is unacceptable. It's but it's not also,
1: happen. I think, a place that you have obviously a lot of people that from what I'm seeing in the comment section that would love to reach out to you, talk to you, you know, after the show. So if you're a part of the group, um, just feel free to go in there talk about it if you you know obviously you're open about it on the on the show so I think you would be open about it in the group but if you choose to do that I think that you would have a big support group more than probably than you would ever realize and that Mm -hmm. is the one of the purposes we created this group page is to form a really healthy good community of people to talk politics health issues relationships marriages whatever the case might be Mm-hmm. but like daniel said we don't tolerate the bullying we we just don't you know because everybody goes through something you know right. so
0: moving on um i want to grab this comment before we do move on okay um, yeah go ahead yeah tracy from facebook says it feels like your brain never shuts off it's draining mm-hmm. is that
2: it's very draining
0: yeah i can imagine yeah. I can imagine, and what the reason I asked whose voice is it in your head that's that's that you're arguing with is because a lot of people tend to have their their inner parent in their mind all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is going to ring true to you or not, but you know. At some points, when you're sitting there Getting constantly yelled at Or disregard or whatever the case is you, you tend to form your inner mom Or so to speak and the inner mom takes Place of your actual mom And, and, and she's always there all the time Telling you you know don't do this don't do That you're a piece of shit you don't do you know You don't matter Better anything. check this
1: you better check that Or
0: whatever the case is whatever, however that Manifests Um, and, and that it, it seems like it might be your own voice But it's actually somebody else <laughs> uh, yeah. as, a, as a surrogate for some somebody else who, who you're, you're trying to kind of find that place of familiarity that 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 place that that's that groove you've been used to coming up and it's almost comfortable to have that constant voice nagging at you all the time where it doesn't actually exist in the real world anymore is that is that clicking at all or is that something you feel like
2: um kind of but i i had a really weird childhood i didn't really Um, grow up like everybody else grew up like my mom was sick when I was little so everything that I learned as a girl I either learned off the internet or I picked it up from my friends like I you know when it comes to like periods and curling your hair and putting on makeup and and you know all of that stuff I had to learn on my own my mom never taught me any of that stuff and of course my dad didn't know you know
0: when you say your mom was sick, uh, like what, what did that look like for you? I, I know you mentioned earlier in the show that you felt like you had to take care of her a lot, unfairly. So well, she's,
2: but. she's, um, she was less disabled than she is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she's, she's almost probably like 95% disabled. Um, but back then, you know, she would go, um, driving, I guess, and like forget where she was and be gone for hours while I was left at home. And this is where my anxiety came from because I would sit and worry um, they, my dad and my mom would fight a lot over money. So I would be anxious when four o'clock rolled around because that's when he was getting home. Um, I just never really had a normal childhood. So as far as the voice in my head, I think it's me because it's always just been me you
0: know, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to put my feelers out there, like I said before. So yeah, no, you're fine. Um,
1: So I kind of want to dive in now kind of, you know, shifting gears into the, uh, the suicidal thoughts or attempts that you've had. When did that start for you? What kind of paint us a picture of of the timeline in which this took place?
2: Well, of course I think it mostly started after my grandma died, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, um, acknowledge it. I just acted out. You know, I drank, had sex, smoked, whatever. I, I did whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I kind of got a free pass because of everything that was going on. Um, I moved out of the house when I was 19 with a boyfriend. And then we broke up and I moved back in for a day and then got the job at the police department. And I moved out on my own when I was 21. And, um, I had two miscarriages when I was, I think it was in like 2008 and 2009 um, that hospitalized me for a couple of days each. And they're both from the same guy. And, you know, he didn't care. He didn't want anything to do with it. He told me it was my problem. So, oh my God, that, what that is what it is. But um, I started feeling depressed enough to not want to be here anymore after I started spiraling into the pills. For some reason, the more pills that I took, the more amped up this feeling felt, that I felt like the world would be better without me and that I didn't need to be here anymore. And all I could think about was, you know, when I would check out on these pills, how nice it was because I was checked out. It was quiet. My mind wasn't racing. It was dark. I didn't have to deal with anything. I didn't have to cry. I didn't have to be mad. I didn't have to listen to my dad be upset with me. I didn't have to deal with my mom. I didn't have to worry about bills, nothing. I, I, I could completely check out and not have a single thing in my head. And that was my goal was to be completely mindless because my brain just never shut off. So that's when the suicidal thoughts really started is when I started spiraling into the, the pill addiction.
1: So this this was basically a suicide of overdosing on pills or cutting mm-hmm. or what? Okay, so it was no, pills. it was pills. Okay, so how many attempts have you had? One. One attempt. Okay, mm-hmm. and how how did what happened there? Like, did you were did you get rushed to the hospital?
0: Somebody I mean, somebody find you or just didn't? No. Um,
2: I took all the pills that I had left, and I took them. It was probably like fifteen or twenty. Oh my god! And wow. um, <clears throat> I fell asleep, and I remember. Um, I remember thinking, you know, I really didn't want to die. I just wanted a rest. I wanted a break. Mm. And as I was falling asleep, you know, I started crying, and I woke up. I took. I did that Friday afternoon, Friday night, and I woke up on Monday, and. I was just like awake I mean I just woke up there was no I guess I just took enough to put me into a mini coma I guess and not enough to stop my heart or I mean there was times when I took so many of the Seroquel that I could feel my heartbeat slowing down in my chest while I was laying there so I knew the Seroquel would do it but it it just it didn't for whatever reason it didn't kick so
0: I'm sorry refresh my memory what day you say you took them
2: I took them on Friday. On
0: Friday, so, and you woke and up woke, Monday. And I
2: woke up on Monday. So from afternoon.
0: from Friday when when you took them to the point where you woke up Monday, nobody even realized. Oh my god! Like nobody no,
1: checked on you. Nobody messaged you. I called.
2: I didn't have one. I didn't have one
0: missed call. One missed text. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Holy fuck! I'm, I am so sorry. And uh, there's something I've noticed throughout this entire. Conversation so far is you seem still very disconnected from this. Like it feels like you're just kind of like relaying a, a series of events that happened um, that may or may not even happen to you. That just kind of seems like you're almost reading a a story off to us. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to connect with you here, and I'm I'm finding it really difficult to.
1: She seems numb to this.
0: Uh, yeah, just yeah. Is that, um, what do what do you what are you feeling? right now as, as you're recounting all this and talking about it?
2: Um, I mean, it's sad in a in, in sense because I could have died, you know, and, and like, I understand I have, I have a big disconnect when it comes to talking about me and getting personal and stuff Sure. because I've learned to shut it down. I've learned to just turn it off and, and um, it was a very hard time for me. And, you know, when I think back about it, it makes me nauseous because I was so laissez faire about it. You know, I could have literally died and that would have been it. Like you only get one shot, you know? So I don't, I don't know um, if you,
0: I don't know if you noticed this just now, but when, when I asked you how you feel right now, you said it's, it was sad. Um, I felt back then this way, but you are still not quite connecting in the moment. What are you actually feeling right, right now? now? That that's, you, you see what I'm Right, you, right you even, now
2: I feel okay yeah. because I've come to terms with what I did and what I went through. So I feel okay about the situation as far as my depression and stuff goes. I'm okay now. Today right. I don't feel suicidal okay. in in the moment now.
1: So where are you at right now with all this? How are you feeling as far as do you do you still, you know sometimes still get the urge to to want to take the pills? Are you still taking pills for medical reasons? What were you at right now? I'm still
2: I'm still on my medication. I take right. Lexapro, Xanax when needed and Seroquel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and um the seroquils to help me sleep because i had to get off ambien because i couldn't fall asleep without it i still can't fall asleep without a sleeping pill because of it um i don't really take the xanax she gave me enough to have one one three times a day and i might take one once a day maybe twice a day um as far as the suicidal thoughts um they come and go, and it's more of just that I'm tired and and I need a break, and life is just getting to be too much more than I just want to kill myself and die and not be here anymore. Hmm. So the the thoughts have shifted into just being tired and needing a break and I'm exhausted instead of I just want to end it and be done, if that makes sense.
1: No, it does. So kind of give us an idea of like what your your friends, your circle of friends look like now. Is it still kind of similar to the way it was back in high school where you just kind of knew people but didn't really have relationships? Or do you actually have a core group of friends that you can turn to and talk to now?
2: I have several friends that are very close to me that um, are like family to me. Um, So I can turn to them if I need to, but um, I don't really... Like I'll talk if somebody brings up the subject or if somebody asks me a question about it, but I don't volunteer information unless I'm like on the verge of breaking down, then mm-hmm. I'll come out and, and just start talking about things. But typically I don't bring up stuff unless it's brought to me or brought up in a conversation.
1: Are you currently in therapy now? No, no.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think you ought to go to therapy now?
2: Um, I've been thinking about it. But I'm leery with it because I mean the luck that I, I guess maybe it was just the app. The app was called Talkspace. I remember that now. It's Talkspace.
1: No, I mean actually um, going to a therapist, setting up an appointment, sitting down talking right. to someone.
2: That that's what I need to do. Yeah. But I just I haven't I haven't done it yet.
0: Um I, I just just uh from the comments, uh, Erica says, "I feel like she's almost on a medication numbness. I don't know what else you call it. So I, 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 so I guess I guess I don't feel like I'm the only one that's feeling the disconnect here. Like,
1: well, it's not. I don't think it's so much a disconnect. You just seem real monotone. You seem just kind of you're going through the motions of this conversation. Right. There's no feeling. There's no substance. And this is not a crack on you whatsoever. Mm. It, it just almost seems as if you're on replay." Like, you you know, somebody hit the replay on you and then you talk and then you're just kind of going through what we're discussing. Does that make sense?
2: If you watch any of my videos, you'll see I'm a very monotone person. Right. I used to get in trouble at work because my voice doesn't change. They think that I'm just being a bitch or whatever, but that that, that, that's just my voice. I don't I don't have an animated voice. I'm not an animated person,
0: so should we call I'm, it like
2: sorry. very monotone and very cut and dry when it comes to stuff? Do, just, would
0: you say you have what's called resting bitch tone? <laughs> no. Resting bitch I voice. Have
2: resting bitch face. Too, there
0: you so. go. <laughs> RB, RBV for resting bitch voice. Uh, that's that's great.
1: No, I just I, w- I was kind of wondering about the the circle of friends because as you get older, as you know that it's very important to have a a very close knit group of people that you can turn to and talk to. Now, what I would like to see you do, we're going to shift this conversation more in a positive direction. Okay. So what I would like to see you do maybe within the next month, if this is a, a I wouldn't really call it a challenge this week. Well, I don't know about this week, but maybe within the next month, I would love nothing more than to see that you've set up an appointment with a therapist mm-hmm. and maybe get in there and, and start doing that and just kind of open that door and, see where it takes you because I would love nothing more than for you to, to get the proper help that you need um, just to talk to somebody I tell somebody I tell people all the time we all need therapy we all do we're all screwed up some way one way or another some more than others me more than Daniel um, so it's just good Speak to have for yourself that. buddy. <laughs> oh you did I did um, but I would love to see you take that first initial step. And then grow from that. I, I would love mm-hmm. nothing more than to see. Can you make that promise to me?
2: I can. As soon as all this cool. kind of stuff is done, I will make an appointment. I'm uh, pretty sure they're not considered essential.
1: Well, I'm going to follow up with you on that too. I'm going to bug you until I find right out. Right on. Okay. Um,
0: okay. Da- so <laughs> David says it's been so long since I felt like her. I, it feels like a past life for me. And Erica responded to him saying, "I agree. I have been. Uh, I have been so good that looking back." Sorry, it has been so good that looking back makes me get all emotional. Mm. Um, Just just know, look, there's people out there that have suffered and gone through shit like you, and they have arrived on the other side of things. They have managed to take the bull by the horns and get on a better track. So, you know, there's definitely hope for you. I really I really, really hope that things do work out for you. This is I mean, you seem like a very nice young lady. Um, very well spoken. Uh, you, you do have a good mind on you, you know, just evidenced by this conversation. You know, you, you have Thank the you. capacity to talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah. is definitely good because it seemed like uh, based on what you told us anyway, that you d- it didn't used to be that way. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So yeah. what are some positive things you're doing in your life now? I mean, are you getting out more or are you taking up like hobbies kind of where are you at right now with that?
2: Well, um, with all this quarantine stuff, uh, I've been making sure that I get out at least once a week cause I'm working from home.
1: Right.
2: So I get up, come over to my parents' house, help my mom go home, go to work. And then I stay up for a little while with my online stuff that I, you know, the the shows that I watch and stuff on Facebook
0: and it then works. I go to bed
2: and do the whole thing over again. So, um, I've been crocheting a lot lately mm-hmm. and, um, I read a lot and, you know i play with my dogs all the time now there's nobody really walking around so we we have a big um like i guess middle in my apartment complex where they have a dog park and stuff so we we go and we play there and i make sure to get out and do something for myself once a day whether it be you know going to cbs and just walking around or going to walmart and it's harder to do that now because of the pandemic but Um, you know, whether it be going for a walk in general or just sitting down and working, I've been crocheting a blanket for my friend. And I know that sounds ridiculous because I'm not an old lady, but I love crocheting. I love things that are repetitive. Um no hold on now. over and over again <laughs> you're, huh? gonna,
0: you're gonna put ideas in our head huh you say i know it sounds ridiculous She's like i wasn't thinking it sounded ridiculous no. yes i was going to well, make fun of you every time
2: i say bro- crocheting people are like really crocheting <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I was I was definitely going to make fun of you for living the life of a 90 year old lady, but that's, that's besides the point.
1: As long as you're not sitting out on a rocking chair on your front porch. Yeah. Don't, no, no, no rocking chairs,
0: yeah. no rocking chairs. No, no I just, um, chair.
1: okay. So what about music? Do you journal at all? Do you write things down or do you do? Anything um, like
2: on- I do sometimes I wrote, I wrote a book and I'm working on two other books, um, I don't really journal anymore. I used to journal all the time, but it's hard for me to get all of my thoughts out and onto a page. It's easier right. for me to sit down and write a chapter of my book than it is for me to sit down and write about my day. Right. So my outlet is writing, but in sure. a different form.
1: So what are your some of your ambitions in life? What do you want to do? Do you have any goals? Do you have any like three to five-year plans on what you want to do with your life. Kind family, of kids. kids. Family, kids. <clears throat>
2: yeah, I want to get married. I'm going to want to have kids. I want a family. Um, I eventually want to be in my career path. I have a degree in criminal justice and paralegal studies. Okay. So it would be nice to get into maybe the legal side of the system instead of just the law enforcement side. I'm kind of burnt out from law enforcement. Um hmm stuff. Working for a small city is not easy. Um, There's a lot of politics and backstabbing and um, just miserable attitudes. And it just ruined me on the law enforcement side. So I really should try to get into like the legal side, but paralegals make very little money and it's hard to cross over and take that leap when you, you know,
0: have bills to pay wow, backstabbing so. in politics. I've never yeah, heard of that. Never. Yeah, you, you'll probably be way better off on the legal side. There's <laughs> probably way less backstabbing there.
1: Obviously. Yeah. So now do you like to travel? Um, do you have family that lives in other States? Is that something that you enjoy doing? Um, thoughts? I'm
2: not close with any of my family except okay. for my mom and dad. Um, okay. that's a personal choice that I've made just because of their decisions and how they've acted towards my mom and my dad about the way that they've acted um, when my mom is sick and stuff that I, I just don't have anything to do with them. Um, I very, very rarely talk to my cousins or anything like that. Um, a few of them are on my Facebook, but I don't, I'm not close with them. And, um, I do travel. I, I used to go to New York once a year and then I started cruising about, uh, I think it was 2014 I started cruising And I've gone on one to two cruises a year since then. And that's what I love doing is cruising.
1: Have you, um, the reason why I'm asking you all these things is because what I feel like is, is that you have so much to look forward to. You have so many great opportunities to do so many things with your life. It's unlimited resources that you have at your disposal. A lot to offer. A lot to offer. And what you choose to do with your life is completely up to you. You have control of that. So. Are you a part of the Facebook group page on Frame Minds? Are you on there yet or no? Mm, I didn't
2: know there was another page other
1: than yours. Yeah, there's so, a group other page. than the main
2: one.
1: Well, there's a group page that we have that we discussed earlier, and then what I'll do is I'll send you an invite because we're friends on Facebook. And we tell people all the time, use that as advice as a vice for you to go on there and talk to other people, other members that are struggling with this, because I can tell you right now, like I said, reading the comment section. You're going to have a ton of support, and I encourage you to do that. Be more vocal, be more outspoken about it, and I think the more you talk about it and you start to relate to other people, you will feel better about this. You will feel like that your group and your base of friends is starting to grow, and I think that once this quarantine is kind of lifted and and we start getting back into our daily routines and you know stuff like that. Yep. Um, I think that you're going to see a positive change
0: grab that comment right there
1: what is that okay david, david. um, uh, buyers the fact that no one was there to check on you when she took those pills means that she needs a larger friend uh support base absolutely and that's what we're covering right now is the fact that you know if you need something from me if you want to talk if you want to vent you've got my number call me you know um facebook me whatever's convenient um daniel same way mm-hmm. you know we tell people all the time reach out to us if you want to come out on the show You know, hey, I want to come on the show. I want to talk about this. I want to get it off my chest. You know, it's bothering me. I just want to get it out there. Sure, why not? We'll set it up. We'll get you on. Um, You know, after this 10, 10 live shows, we go back to once a week. But we always tell people that if you want to come on the show, like on the weekend, just get with us ahead of time and we'll have you on. You know, sometimes people find that talking about their issues um, in front of the camera or in front of an audience that they don't know anybody is actually more therapeutic, um, than anything else that they do. But I really hope we're going to wrap this up here in a second, but I really hope that you stick to the, to the little contract you made with me and go see a therapist. I would love nothing more than to see that kind of go into fruition and, and see the progress. I do have one more,
0: one more venue. I'd like to travel down if that's okay with you, Ashley sure okay right. I, I don't want to keep you too much longer here I know you got to go to work soon um, as far as the dating world you mentioned the dating world as a cesspool um, I would be I'm curious what's your um, strategy technique what uh, how are you approaching that right now
2: um, you mean like am I on dating sites or
0: yeah like what what is your general um, strategy for finding a, a quality man what does he look for a man no, 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 not what are you looking for, but what is your strategy for finding what you're looking for right okay, now? Okay, yeah.
2: Um, well, use in using an app, you just talk to people, you know, you text them, you talk to them over a certain period of time. I don't meet up with people super fast. I take a couple of weeks to get to know them and talk to them and learn who they are and then we meet up. Um, you know, there has to be a physical attraction on both sides, a mental attraction, there has to be a drive and a want um, to to speak to this person, and um, you know, I give my number out to a bunch of people, and they'll text me, but mm-hmm. they won't catch me intellectually. They won't do anything. Like we can't really talk. We'll just be like, "Hey, what's up?" And then we'll be like nothing.
1: Oh yeah, that's cool. funny.
2: You know, <laughs> so basically, <laughs> there's, no there's, conversation. there's no
1: substance to so, your conversations, is what you're saying,
2: right? Okay, right. So there's no connection. There's some people that I talk to, and we don't stop texting. You know, ever like we are texting. 24 hours a day seven days a week and there are some people that i talk to and they text me every other day and then they expect to meet up and i'm like we don't i don't know you i'm not going to meet up with somebody that i don't know somewhat you know so right. they get frustrated and then stop talking to me so it's back and forth it's all
1: over the place does anybody I mean, ever pick up the phone
0: anymore yeah so you you, you <laughs> do know the solution do. you do know the solution to all this you do you do know what the solution is, right? What okay, smart ass comment incoming. Um, basically, you need to uh go ahead and sleep with them as soon as you get the first text message with three y's oh. at the end of hey,
1: hey, yeah.
0: So th- that'll solve everything. Just go ahead and just sleep with them, meet up <laughs> with them. You know, I don't care if it's like in the, in the back seat of your car in a dark alley, You're you know, just horrible. you do what you need to do.
2: I I used to do that, <laughs> I used to be like that, and it's exhausting. There um, well,
0: exhausting. I, I do, I do um, want to s- make a suggestion if you don't mind. Uh, what, what I'm finding. Works with a lot of people is get off the damn dating apps. Um, yeah. People there aren't and stop li-
1: texting people. Yeah, call them. You're not hear their voice.
0: What What I would suggest is be somebody. Uh, form your form yourself into somebody that somebody would be crazy to let go by. Uh, basically work on those skills that you're working on. Continue to move down the paths you're working on. Uh, get out and meet people in the in the industries, uh, you know, stuff like that. Meet people face-to-face and, and you get a better sense of people meeting them that way. It's, it might be awkward and whatnot, but it's, you know, it, and it's definitely a little more, um, I guess, not as safe as just texting them. But I think putting yourself out there, being the kind of person that a, a good quality man would be crazy to turn down, that's going to attract people to you mm-hmm. versus you trying to right. go out and, you know, swipe well, left. <laughs> yeah.
1: Social groups too, are a good way to get, you know, a great way to meet people. There's usually like, uh, what was it? There's one here in Nashville. I cannot remember the name of it. Events and Singles and Events or Events and Singles or something like that.
0: Yeah, Events and Adventures.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Basically, it's a bunch of single people that get together and they go on a trip or hiking or um, canoeing. And then it's just people getting a chance to get to know, you know, know each other. It gets you off that phone. <laughs> it gets right. you off the yeah. text messaging. It gets you in a position to where... You're spending time with one another, getting to know somebody, kind of going back to the roots of, you know, courting, if that's possible, um, which is not done anymore. And I wish we would do a show. As as long as you keep (laughs)
0: chasing down men through low quality techniques, you're going to continue to drag in low low quality men. You ruined my soundbite. You interrupted my soundbite. That would have been a perfect. Hey, do it again. Do it again. Take two. I can't do it twice in a (laughs) row. Now this pressure's on. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, So I, I don't know. I, I hope uh, the, this conversation here not only helped you, Ashley, yeah. but was also able to help other people as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a very valuable topic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let me, let me uh, if, if you don't have anything else, I'd like to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can reach you, maybe what you do as far as your, your book, you know, stuff like that. If you want to, oh, did you?
1: Yeah. I just want to pipe in one last time to the people that are watching, to the people that are um, listening to this on podcast. What would you say to those that are currently struggling, struggling with uh, depression, anxiety, pills, and suicide? What would you tell them today?
0: Ah, that's a good one. This is for you, Ashley. This is for you.
2: Oh, um, <laughs> I would tell them that suicide is permanent, and that is not a solution to your problems. Um, I know a lot of people say that suicide's selfish and stuff like that, and I guess in an essence it is, but it's not because you don't know what it's like being in, in a body that you just don't feel right being in. Um, but that there is always somebody out there to talk to. You, and there's always somebody out there to reach out to you. Even if it's a complete stranger, you can type in on Facebook, you know, suicide awareness or suicide mm-hmm. groups, and you will find hundreds of groups where people are gathered together and talking about the same thing that you're going through. So even though you feel alone, you're not alone. There's always somebody there. So instead of before you make the decision to hurt yourself, reach out and see and talk to somebody else. Reach out to medical help. If you don't have medical help, reach out to a Facebook group or a friend or something. Talk first before acting.
0: Talk first before like like yeah. mm-hmm. All right. And where can people reach you and your content?
2: Um, it'll probably be hard to find me because my name is Ashley Brown. So I will comment in the, in the feed. So, um, people can find my Facebook and I do true crime videos and it's at true crime sleuth. That's all one word at, um, Ashley Alexandria. So I will post that in the group as well.
0: All right. Yeah. And if That's you just okay. if you just send me the links, direct links, I can put them in the description on these videos after the fact. So, okay. so people will be able to find it a lot, a lot easier. So yeah. I um, appreciate, okay. uh, again, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, I, I look forward to seeing what the future brings for you as well.
1: I'm going to keep up with you.
0: And as usual, yeah. and as usual, if anybody else would like to be on the show to talk about their story, head over to unframeofmind.com to be a guest on the show we we love these conversations and we want to have more just like it so um until next time
2: thank you i appreciate it
0: (laughs) yes ma'am you
1: are most welcome
0: until uh tomorrow when we have on uh uh, tomorrow's rita rita tomorrow yes this
1: one is going to be another one that you guys are going to you know tune in for she has actually been sober for 21 months um she's a uh, she's been on that sobriety ride and we're looking forward to seeing how she's doing with that and and mm-hmm. uh, what are some of the obstacles that she's overcome to get to where she's currently at. So these two shows kind of butt up against each other with very similar, um, I guess, topics. Yep. So this will be good to come see somebody at, on the other side. That 7 one, o'clock tomorrow yep. night.
0: I want to be back at 7 o'clock. And uh, we also have one last one from our marathon of shows on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be back tomorrow. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.